Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we've got another great show lined up for you. It's coming from a venue that by now is familiar to you if you're a regular listener. The venue is Uchi Pines Institute in Seal, Alabama, just outside of Columbus, Georgia, just over the state line. I'm speaking today with someone who knows the program intimately from a medical perspective. It is the program's medical director, Dr. Mark Sandoval. Mark, it's great to have you on the show. It's good to be here. Mark, you have a very fascinating background. You've worked in the United States. You've worked out of the country. You're a board-certified emergency medicine specialist. How did you end up with that background ending up in a place where you're focused on natural treatments of disease? (laughs) Well, that's a wonderful question and somewhat of a roundabout answer. But to get to it somewhat directly, I was interested in medicine for many years and pursued medical school training and fell in love with emergency medicine and pursued that and completed my training in emergency medicine. And I had always been interested in international uh, health as well. And so my wife and I and family moved to Trinidad and Tobago where we where we functioned there, I was the director of emergency medicine and family practice at the community hospital mm. there. And um, in the process, I did emergency care. I did family practice. I did urgent care, hospitalist work. Wow. Ran the ICU for a while. Really? Um, and uh, had many experiences there. But it was while I was there that I became more and more interested in getting to the roots of the problems. I I was troubled by having patients coming through the clinic and having uh, diagnoses that I was prescribing medication for, which which helped, but it never really got to the roots of the issue. Mm. And I was interested in trying to understand, well, why why do they have this in the first place and what can we do to try to reverse it? And... That led me to read more. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, it was a radio program that um, that started this whole thing. There was, oh, really? Yeah, there was a um, there was a new developing radio program, an internet radio program, and they came to the hospital wanting health programming. Uh-huh. And so eventually the hospital decided that, yes, we'll go ahead and get this physician for this and this one for that and the other one for this one. And uh, we'll put together, you know, several one-hour segments. And and I ended up being the first guinea pig and the only guinea pig. Oh, really? <laughs> so every you, week. Oh, wow. So you became the host of this show, was it? Or? Yeah, well, there was a radio host that was oh, with okay. me, but I was the main speaker for the, for the show. Kind of the medical expert for right. the show. Right, uh-huh. And um, and so I I was thinking, well, okay, I need to be talking about something, but you can't describe how to set a bone or lacerate, you know, suture a laceration uh-huh. from emergency. So you got to talk about health. But hang on, I don't know much about health, so I guess I need to study. Huh. So 
I remembered this acronym New Start. Okay. And uh, I remembered that it was nutrition, exercise, and water. And then by the time you start getting to that S, I was forgetting things. So I went online and looked it up and realized, okay, sunshine and temperance and air and rest and and trust in God. Okay, well that's a good format. Maybe I should start with nutrition. Uh huh. But I don't know much about nutrition, so I had to read and study and then. And then presented what I was just learning wow. on the radio program. Uh-huh. And that continued for 15 weeks mm-hmm. of uh, presenting information on a weekly basis. And in fact, sometimes I was I was reading the material in the car while my wife was driving us to the radio station so that I could okay. know what I was presenting uh-huh. on the radio uh-huh. program. And, uh, and that was the, the beginning. Hmm. And uh, the interest grew from there. And I became more and more dissatisfied with the Band-Aids medically that I was putting on individuals. And I Mm -hmm. wanted to be able to have time and learn more how to get to those roots. And so the decision was eventually made to come to Uchi Pines and and learn how to do that. Okay. So you actually came here not with the purpose of being the medical director, but actually you came as a learner. That's correct. How long ago was that? That was almost four years ago now. Okay. And so at that time, was uh, Dr. Agatha Thrash, one of the founders, still uh, active here? Yes, she was She was active here, and she was the medical director at the time. Okay. We had another physician, Dr. Boutte, and a shadowing physician, Dr. Talon, here at the time when I came. Okay. So they had a pretty good medical staff for a small clientele. I mean, what is a typical census here at the uh, the Lifestyle Center? Well, it depends on the season, Mm-hmm. Um, we have sessions that are as small as around five or six individuals, mm-hmm. and then we have sessions that uh, are maybe in the twenty twenty four range uh, of individuals that are here. The largest session since I've been here was twenty seven, so the lifestyle center was almost completely full. Oh, okay. Um, at the time, and um, some seasons tend to have more guests and. Other seasons tend to have less. Uh So if someone wanted to get more individualized attention, is there a certain month that you would steer them to come? It tends to be less during the first couple months of the year. So January Uh and February Uh tend to be a little bit less. And summertime uh, tends to pick up late spring through summer and uh, and then through early fall. Uh And then it starts falling off again towards winter. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. And are the winters particularly harsh here in Alabama? No. In fact, in the four years that we've been here, it has snowed once. Oh, okay. So it's a pretty mild climate. Right. So actually, winter may be a great time to come because the census is lower and it's uh, yeah. fairly comfortable. I mean, people can get out and walk uh, during the, the winter fine yeah, usually? Yeah, typically. We've, we do have a few nights where it will get down into the teens, mm-hmm. although this winter has been very mild. Okay. But, yeah, some individuals that come from the north, they love being here because it's it's uh, much more of a mild climate. Uh-huh. So you come as a learner about four years ago, and uh, how did things progress from there? Well, I shadowed with Dr. Boutte for a single session, which is a 17-day block. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they asked me if I wanted to um, have some guests of my own. Okay. And I said, well, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, and so the rest has been learning on the job. 
Okay. And uh, reading a lot in the in the meantime, uh-huh. and um, the the practice of medicine, the art of medicine now with a different focus of learning how to get to people's hearts, learning what the foundation issues are, and then using different tools in the management of individual situations. So instead of the pill and the knife, it's the uh, massage and hydrotherapy, it's exercise, it's a healthy diet, it's getting out in the fresh air and sunshine, and then it's dealing with issues of uh, of stress and uh, mental disturbances that contribute to health disturbances hmm. on the physical level. Well, this is an interesting one. We haven't explored it a lot on the series of shows that we've done so far. We've we've heard people talk about the diet and the hydrotherapy. We've heard some references to herbal therapies, although we haven't really explored those in any detail. But we haven't talked a lot about the, the mental health component. So that is really a, a key aspect of what you're doing here. Is that safe to say? Yes, absolutely. Um, for an individual to experience health, on a consistent basis, individuals need to make healthy choices mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. a consistent basis. And a choice is a mental thing. Okay, fair enough. And so if we don't understand what contributes to the choices that we make or the things that drive us, uh-huh. then we don't understand why we do the things that we do or why we don't do the things that we know that we should do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Frequently, I will ask a group, whether I'm speaking here at UG Pines or whether I'm speaking in another location, I will ask them, how many in the audience know to do better than what they actually do? Everybody raises their hand. Uh-huh. And from a health standpoint, it's almost always the case that some individuals know to do better than what they do. Right, right. And so the follow-up question is, why? Hmm. Do you know why you don't do what you know that you should do? And do you know why you do the things that you know that you shouldn't do? And it takes a while to unravel in an individual's life and looking at their experience, what are those underlying factors? But for all of us, we end up functioning essentially the same, but with different backgrounds, different information, different experiences, that, and different emphasis in our personalities that make up the differences. But we all function essentially the same way, and we make decisions based upon the same criteria. Hmm. So... Part of what you're doing is you're trying to help people get in touch with the factors that underlie their, could we say it, poor lifestyle choices? Correct. And then you're trying to help them address those so that they don't just learn better what to do. They can actually be successful when they go home. Absolutely. And have you had some indications in people's lives that this is working? Yes, we've had uh, individuals who have come through the program through the the years that I have been here and years previous to that who have had significant health challenges, uh, whether those were challenges that were deemed terminal, mm-hmm. so they didn't think that they were going to live, or others who were having uh, significant difficulties with their 
with their health, with their pain, with their function, and so on and so forth, that individuals have taken these principles, have applied them while here, have continued to apply them when they're at home, and have gone on to beat the usual odds Hmm. in their situation. Mm -hmm. Do any stories come to mind, any particular individuals? Well, we have, um, I will call her Janet. Mm -hmm. I'll just use that name. We have Janet who came to our program uh, a while back, and she was suffering with uh, thyroid disorder. She was obese. Her cholesterol was high. Her blood pressure was out of control. And when she came, we found out that she was pre-diabetic, right on the verge of diabetes. And in the time that she came and she spent with us, we identified a number of issues that were going on in her life that were contributing to the decisions that she had been making. We helped her with making new decisions. She was a bit reluctant at first to Mm. take up everything uh, and run with it, but she made the decision that she had got, she had found herself in the situation that she was in, and it was much of her fault, she recognized. Mm -hmm. And if she was going to have any changes, then she needed to participate with the program Mm -hmm. and not provide any resistance and then continue with it. And, and so she had a really good attitude through the rest, through the, (laughs) after that first transitional period, Uh uh um, she had a really good attitude through the rest of the program. She cooperated. Uh, she started losing weight very quickly Mm. Um, in fact, by the time she was done with the session, I think she had dropped close to 16 to 18 pounds wow. in 17 days. Um, she also had, I forgot to mention, she had a pain syndrome that mm. she hadn't had, she hadn't had relief from for a long time. Uh-huh. And we were able to get her off of almost all of her medications and her pain was almost gone by the time wow. that she left. We contacted her, talked with her maybe six to eight months later. Uh-huh. She had lost a total of 60 pounds. Great. No prediabetes. High blood pressure was completely under control. Um, and all of the other issues that she was dealing with were resolved at that point, and she was off all of her medication. Boy, that is remarkable. Well, we have got to explore uh, some of these secrets in more detail. I know that uh, if you're tuning into today's show, you've got to be engaged. We're talking about... Approaches, simple, natural approaches that can help you reverse disease processes. Dr. Mark Sandoval, an MD, is going to continue to walk us through some of the secrets that people pay thousands of dollars to come from all over the world to Uchi Pines Institute. Stay tuned because we're going to talk about some of those very things that can make a difference in your life. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We've got more coming up in today's edition of American Indian Living. Don't go away. We will be right back. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. 
For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose with Mark Sandoval, MD. He is the president of Uchi Pines Institute, and he's sharing with us a bird's-eye view, if you will, of the program here, the lifestyle program at this facility that has been drawing people from all over the country for many decades. Mark, you told us a story, a compelling story, about someone who came with all kinds of health problems within a matter of just over two weeks, saw some dramatic reversals, and then you follow up with them six or eight months later, lost 60 pounds, uh, no more prediabetes, blood pressure under control. I mean, this sounds too good to be true. I mean, was this just one isolated patient who had these results? No, but there are cases that are more remarkable than others. Okay. Uh, That's always the case. Um, We also have, uh, I'll call her Carla. Uh, Carla came to our institute um, probably about three years ago now, Mm -hmm. and uh, she was suffering with congestive heart failure in addition to obesity and high blood pressure and she didn't know it, but she was diabetic. Okay. Now, a lot of people, lay people, have heard this term, congestive heart failure. Can you explain just what that is? Congestive heart failure is where the heart is not pumping the blood like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And so the fluid and the pressure inside the heart build up as it's coming into the heart. And if that pressure that's coming into the heart is too high, then it will start causing fluid to leak out of the blood vessels into other spaces, like in the lungs, which would make it difficult for people to breathe, or in the legs. Mm -hmm. You'll see that frequently, and then an individual will start developing swelling or edema in the legs. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the main signs that you see, and then an individual can't um, 
can't tolerate much exercise okay. because they get short of breath, and then they tend to decondition mm. uh, from that standpoint. So kind of a vicious cycle. Right. So basically, you know, people hear the term congestive heart failure. I mean, a failing heart, I mean, this sounds pretty serious. You've explained it for us. How serious is it, though? Well, congestive heart failure in the majority of individuals will lead to death within a number of years, depending upon the the stage or the grade of the heart failure. Mm-hmm. In her case, she was so deconditioned that she had an attached garage in the home, mm-hmm. and if she would walk to the attached garage and get in her car, it took her about 10 minutes to catch her breath wow. before she could then drive. Wow. And so her situation was pretty severe, and in fact, she would make sure that she left for church an hour early so that she could get the parking spot right next to the door. Otherwise, she wouldn't be able to make it in and be able to enjoy the services on the weekend. And so that was her situation Mm -hmm. when she came. And she knew that if she didn't make any changes, she was going to die. And that's the idea that she came with. And at the Lifestyle Center, it was a bit farther from her room to the kitchen. Wow. And so it was a struggle for her to be able to get from the room to the kitchen. But we knew that one of the things that was going to significantly help her in improving the heart function was exercise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We could have put her in a wheelchair and wheeled her back and forth, but we decided to assist her and let her walk and uh, help her in the process back and forth. And so for the first few days, it was a bit difficult for her to make it back and forth to the kitchen, but food is a strong motivator. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, starvation. Needed, <laughs> that's right. She needed to get there and to eat. Uh-huh. And uh, and so she did that, and then one of the days she wanted to see what it looked like out of the front of the building. So she mm. walked to the front of the building and looked out, and the next day she went out to the veranda out there and decided that she would make one little lap underneath the veranda and then sit and watch the nature around. Wow. And uh, the following day, she decided that, well, maybe I'll make two laps under the veranda. And then the day after that, she decided that maybe she could make one lap around the parking lot. Not a very big parking lot, uh-huh. but right out there in front of the building. And she just continued increasing day by day, a little bit more, a little bit more. And she stayed for two sessions. So within four weeks, she was walking well over a mile a day. Wow. Now, it wasn't just that she was gradually increasing her exercise. There was more to the program than that, Yes, there was much more to the program than that. Uh, We also uh, had her on a plant-based diet Mm -hmm. and uh, foods that are are not going to contribute to her cholesterol burden, uh, foods that are high in fiber that are actually going to help bind cholesterol in the digestive tract. Uh, so that it doesn't get reabsorbed from what the liver makes and produces as part of the bile uh, to help with decreasing the cholesterol. Um, Also, research shows that foods that are like your green leafy vegetables, Uh they promote within a matter of minutes of a meal, they promote the production of nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is a substance that the... The cells that lie in the inside of the blood vessels release, and it causes the blood vessels to dilate or enlarge. And one of the problems with blood pressure is that there's a constriction 
or a squeezing of the blood vessels around the blood, and the pressure is higher. And so that nitric oxide is a very potent way of helping to relieve that pressure and decrease blood pressure. And one of the causes for the heart failure in her situation was the high blood pressure. Mm. So the diet itself was contributing to, to lowering her blood pressure. We also added in some herbs that are beneficial for the heart and help with lowering bl blood pressure, like uh, hawthorn berry, dandelion, olive leaf, linden flower. Those are several of the ones that we use. Uh, also, from a food standpoint, garlic is wonderful. And how does garlic help in the process? Well, garlic has a number of compounds, one of them that's allicin. And um, the the garlic has been been shown over a number of studies to help with decreasing blood pressure. And it also has components that help to decrease the stickiness or the clotting of platelets uh, to prevent um, blood clots from forming with individuals. There's more to it. In fact, there's one study that shows that, that garlic is the strongest vegetable as far as cancer therapy. Hmm. So basically, you're using all these different natural modalities, uh, we would say dietary, whether they're mm -hmm. herbs or things that we would consider more a part of the, uh, the normal fare. You're just emphasizing these plant products. One thing, though, that I may have missed the connection with, you talked about lowering cholesterol. Do we have evidence that lowering cholesterol in the short term also helps with heart failure? Not necessarily with a heart failure, but she has a situation where she has high blood pressure. She has heart failure where we don't have a a lot of information. She hadn't had a lot of uh, studies done previously. Okay. And heart failure can be related to uh, what's called ischemia or poor blood flow mm -hmm. uh, to the heart muscle itself. And that ischemia is many times associated with cholesterol plaques that are blocking the flow of blood in the arteries that are supplying the heart muscle. Mm -hmm. And so recognizing that that's a potential contributing factor to the to the heart failure, then that was part of the modality that we were looking for treating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we also uh, involved her, obviously, in progressive exercise, sunning, getting out in the sunshine and enjoying that. And how would that help? Well, that helps directly with blood pressure. In fact, what we found is individuals who, who are having high blood pressure, mm -hmm. we can put them out in the sun and give them a sun bath for about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And frequently the blood pressure, the top number will drop anywhere between 20 to 40 points. Wow. And the bottom number will drop between 10 to 30 points, uh, depending on the time of year. Uh, if it's really cold out, then it's less. Mm -hmm. So you don't think it's an effect of the heat and the blood vessels opening up from the heat? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. And and the sunbathing is one of the enjoyable ways that they can get that heat uh -huh. and have that dilation of the blood vessels and decrease the blood pressure. Hmm. And then there's also the, the added benefit of the conversion of cholesterol to vitamin D mm -hmm. um, and the health benefits that vitamin D has in individuals, including a, a, a lower risk of cardiovascular disease in individuals that have normal vitamin D levels compared to those who are lower. And so that's definitely a part of the program. And teaching individuals how to breathe. 
Hmm. Many times we don't know how to breathe, but learning how to breathe deeply and from the diaphragm and in fact with breathing exercises, individuals can drop their blood pressure by sometimes 20 points, maybe 30 points. Uh, we've seen that, uh, even that dramatic of a drop within three minutes time hmm. frame. It doesn't last for a long time, mm -hmm. but if you have a drop of that much blood pressure, and you repeat it multiple times through the day, then you decrease the overall burden of that blood pressure on the heart. Fair enough, fair enough. So basically, you're doing all these multiple modalities, and it sounds a lot like you're rehashing that whole New START acronym Correct. that kind of got you on this journey to begin with. Absolutely. Dr. Mark Sandoval is sharing with us uh, some just fascinating insights into natural strategies that can help you, whether it's diabetes, whether it's heart disease, congestive heart failure. I think you're connecting the dots. You don't have to go to Yuchi Pines Institute to sunbathe in order to get its benefits. But he's got a lot more information, a lot more insights that you don't want to miss. We're going to continue the discussion. And for those of you that are wondering how you might be able to personally get in touch with Dr. Sandoval or others at Yuchi Pines Institute, when we come back, we'll have some contact information for you as well. So don't go away. We're back with more from Yuchi Pines Institute and Dr. Mark Sandoval. Stay tuned. That's coming up on American Indian Living. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke, sudden weakness on one side, or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. 
Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose and with Dr. Mark Sandoval for our second half of today's edition of American Indian Living. We're speaking about life-changing natural practices. These are things I know that connect with Native traditions. I can remember some years ago, Mark, when I was working in Oklahoma at a similar lifestyle institution, a lifestyle change facility. We had many Native American participants who came through the program, and invariably they would say, this is in keeping with our culture, not giving us all these medicines, helping us with these more natural strategies. So I know a lot of our listeners are really excited about what you're communicating. With that in mind, not every story ends on a happy ending. I mean, people still have bad outcomes even if they're doing everything right. Is that true? That's correct. As far as I'm aware, the uh, the the rate of death is 100%. Okay. So no matter, we can maybe stave that day off, right? Right. But even if someone comes to Uchi Pines when they're 60 on death's door, if they live to 90, we're all cheering, but they still died at 90. Correct. You also deal with some of the most difficult patients that the American or we could say world medical system deals with, and those are patients with cancer. Do you actually say you have a cancer treatment program here? We, what we say is that we will take individuals with any disease. Okay. And we will help to show them how to live the healthiest lifestyle within the context of what they have. Okay. And many of the individuals who come to our center have cancer, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they are looking for something that is different from what they have been offered previously, or they have gone through the, the system that they have chosen initially, and now they're told there's no hope. Mm. And so that's the story of many of the individuals who come to our lifestyle center. I recall, we'll call his name Jack. Okay. Jack came to our center uh, a couple years ago. And he had melanoma, skin cancer. Okay. And, and this skin cancer, as far as the spectrum of skin cancers, how does it rate? That's the one that you don't want to have. Okay. Okay. So a lot of them you can just cut out and they're gone. Right. But melanoma often spreads if you don't get it quickly, right? Yes. Spreads very early. And melanoma is one of the few cancers that can go anywhere. You can find melanoma in the heart muscle. You can find melanoma in the eyeballs. You can find melanoma in other places that you don't usually see cancer. And so it's one that can basically go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And he had melanoma, and he had actually had melanoma for at least 20 years that he was dealing with. And prior to coming, he had, uh, they had found a lesion in his lung, and they had taken one of the lobes of the lung out. And he was being treated and was doing fairly well, but he was interested in something different. And so he and his wife came to Uchi Pines. And within three days of coming here, he had a major stroke. So nothing that happened here contributed to that? that you would... No. Right. So it just happened to have a stroke while I was here. Right. And in the process, we, we took him to an imaging center to to get a look of what was going on and found that he had several 
masses in his mm. brain. And one and, of them had bled, huh? Yeah, and one of them had bled out and oh, okay. uh, put pressure on the brain. He was taken to the local uh, referral trauma center and was seen by the neurosurgeons. They did some more studies and basically said there was nothing surgically that they could do, mm. and he would probably be one that would qualify for palliative care, meaning taking care of his his pain and his other issues like hospice, but not really a treatment for a cure. Okay, so they didn't have much hope as far as him living very long. Correct. And in that moment, uh, both he and his wife decided they wanted to come back to Yuchi Pines mm. and die. And they said it in those words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why why did they have that attitude? I mean, a lot of people say, I want to go home and die. Did they give you any insight into why they felt that way? Well, they were impressed by the loving, caring attitude of mm. the the staff and the the physicians who were taking care of them and the spiritual environment uh-huh. that was there. And they wanted to be within that environment during his last day or days. Wow. And so they decided to do so, and we agreed. And they came back to the facility. And our friend, when I expected him to pass away within a few days. So you expected Jack was just going to come there and die in a few days. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I, he actually began to improve. Hmm. And he had been an individual who... While he had a somewhat aggressive relationship with God, uh, he had he had never really surrendered himself. Now, what does that mean, an aggressive relationship with God? I'm, I'm trying to sort that out. Well, he he believed that there was a God, but he wasn't very happy with him. Oh, okay. And he didn't really desire to have much to do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and although before coming, he had... A little bit more interest and was kind of trying a few things out. Mm-hmm. And during the process of being at the center, being cared for by the staff there, and the love that was shown to him, he he began to, in a way, melt. Hmm. The, he had a very hard exterior. He was uh, a very he was a farmer and a very hard worker. And um, and that hard veneer began to to melt some, and you began to see the heart mm. behind the thing, um, behind behind the individual. And he began to soften with time, and and, and his attitude became one that was more and more sweet, mm. more and more compliant, um, and. And he be, he actually recovered to the point where he was walking again, and he was talking well, hmm. and he decided that it was time for him in his Christian culture to be baptized. Hmm. And that was a major step because his wife had been working with him for a while, and he'd always been resistant and, and so on, but he made it that that decision that he wanted to, to go in that direction. And, and so we, we assisted them uh, with a, a local church in the area. And uh, he had come from a an area that was hours away, but a church there had been working with them for a while. And so many of them came down for wow. the baptismal service. Uh-huh. And, and he was actually able to get into the baptismal tank 
on his own power. On his own power uh-huh. to be baptized and uh, surrender his life to to God, and then he came back to the center, started to then slowly deteriorate at that mm. point, mm. and it was beautiful. Just beautiful watching he and his wife and their interactions with each other, how she cared for him, how he cared for her attentions, Mm -hmm. which hadn't been the case previously. Oh, and you noticed the difference. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Uh There was a very kind of a cold reserve between the two of them Uh initially, and and that completely broke down. And it was just, it was beautiful, Hmm. just beautiful. And... I was the one who pronounced him when he passed away, and and his wife had just taken him outside to show him the the roses in the front of the building, and and they had gone around, and and he actually passed away on that trip, huh. and and she called me in, and is is he gone? And and I checked, and definitely no heartbeat, no breathing, uh-huh. and uh-huh. and he was gone at that point. And I had the privilege of of uh, conducting the the funeral service for him later. Uh-huh. And in that situation, obviously, initially they were coming to look for for healing mm-hmm. on a physical standpoint mm-hmm. and looking for alternatives. And and none of us were expecting the the stroke or the results that were coming from that. And while he did pass away, and while he did pass away at the center, there was so much. That was gained in the process. Mm. And this is from the family's assessment. Right. Yeah. Uh So much that was gained in the process. So really, what I hear you saying, Dr. Sandoval, is these lifestyle strategies, whether they're diet or exercise, whether they're spiritual, whether they're social, emotional, this healing environment, uh, a caring, it's almost a kind of a family atmosphere that you've cultivated here among your staff. Is that safe to say? Mm Mm-hmm. And so people are responding to that. And even though we might not always see physical healing, there's often spiritual and mental healing that takes place. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to give out contact information for Uchi Pines. There's people that may be interested in what you have to offer. They may be interested just in getting some more insights into natural therapies. I will be honest with you. I sometimes go on your website because you have this whole list of sheets of, uh, you know, kind of practical, uh, they're called counseling sheets, yeah, but they're practical, natural ideas on dealing with a variety of diseases. Tell us how we can access those or learn more about your programming. Well, first of all, individuals can call. It's one eight seven seven uchi pines and Yuchi is spelled U-C-H-E-E. So it's one eight seven seven U-C-H-E-E. P-I-N-E-S. And the website is the main place of accessing information. The website is www.uchipines.org. That's, again, U-C-H-E-E-P-I-N-E-S dot O-R-G. And there, if you're interested in the counseling sheets, Uchi Pines hosts one of the largest databases of natural medicine treatments for a variety of different health uh, challenges. And if you go under the tab that's listed health, under there, there will be another tab that says counseling sheets. You just click on there. Any topic that you're interested in, you can search for it. It will come up and you can read the counseling sheets associated with it. And we try to get around to updating those periodically so that we can have current studies, current research, and um, 
ideas from other natural practitioners as well. And that'll cost quite a bit to be a member of that service, or how does that work, those it counseling sheets? It is absolutely free. Okay, so as long as I can remember Yuchi Pines and how to spell it, I'm in good shape. That's right. And it's U-C-H-E-E. P-I-N-E-S. P-I-N-E-S, okay. Mark, I know that a lot of folks who are listening, many of them are dealing with these life-threatening conditions. You've given hope on a number of fronts, whether it's congestive heart failure, whether it's a diagnosis of cancer. But you introduced a question earlier in a dialogue about why people are not doing as well as they know. What have you learned by asking that question, and what other kind of practical insights can you give our listeners? What I have learned from that standpoint is that an individual is bound by what they determine as a gain or as a loss. Hmm. And gain and loss determine our decisions. But there's something that's even deeper than that. Wow, you got our interest. We want to come back in our next segment and talk with Dr. Sandoval about some strategies that can actually make a difference for you. You may feel that you should be doing better in the exercise arena. Maybe you know that you should be eating better, but you just haven't uh, translated that knowledge into action. Whatever it is, whether it's on the spiritual front, emotional front, how you're dealing with people, I think Dr. Sandoval is going to give us some insights that will make a difference. Am I overselling where we're going? No. Okay. Stay tuned. Final segment, American Indian Living, coming right up. Don't go away. I'm Dr. DeRose. We will be right back. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand, and someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. 
I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose for our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. Another one in a series of shows that we're recording from the campus of Uchi Pines Institute across from me. As it has been the case for this entire show is Dr. Mark Sandoval. He's an MD, board-certified specialist in emergency medicine, who's now making a difference, making a huge difference, trying to keep people out of emergency rooms. Mark, we've been talking about some of these powerful natural strategies, how they can make a difference. And as we closed out the last segment, we promised that we would learn something from this big problem that most of us deal with, and that is why don't we do better when it comes to what we know? And you're going to tell us some of your insights from working with patients on that level. Yeah. One of the things, an an analogy that helps me in this situation uh, in dealing with individuals who have various diseases or health challenges is the analogy of a tree. When we look at a tree, most of what we see are the leaves. And let's say that it's it's a tree that's a fruit tree. And so we can look at the fruit tree and we can see by the fruit and by the leaves how healthy the tree is. Okay. Now, if it's a tree that's not healthy, and we can tell that by the leaves and the fruit, the solution to the problem is not to pick off the fruit or to pick off the leaves. And that's much of what medicine does. So let's see if I'm following the analogy. Someone has high cholesterol. So that's, in this analogy, the fruit or the leaves. Right. And so they address the high cholesterol. Right. By giving a person a pill, usually. Correct. But that's really not addressing why they have the high cholesterol. That's correct. Okay, I'm, I'm following deeper. along. I'm following along. Now, an individual, instead of picking off the fruit and dealing with the leaves, they might start pruning the branches. Okay. Now, that can be helpful, and it can help with the entire disease burden that the tree has. But... The problem isn't necessarily in the branches because it usually resides deeper. Uh And so you can get down to the trunk. You might be able to do some things with the trunk, but you're still not really to the depth of the solution. And, And as you go farther down, you can even apply lifestyle factors. You can eat a healthy diet. You can exercise. You can do all of these different things. It can improve the fruit. Uh It can improve the leaves. It's kind of like pruning the branches and getting towards the trunk. But it's still not the issue because the issue lies in the roots. And in order to find out what's going on in the roots, one has to dig. And you've got to get below the ground and you've got to see what's going on in the ground because in the ground is the source that the tree is taking from. And it's the source and its connection with a source that impacts everything else that happens up the trunk, up the branches, and then the leaves and the fruit. And if you never get down to the roots and the source, you're never really going to find the solution. You might find temporary things that do impact the fruit, do impact the leaves, but there will always be the underlying 
cause that's there. So let's see if I'm following this. We're using the example of high cholesterol. Mm -hmm. We're not going to take a pill, but we're going to make lifestyle changes. And yet, if I change my diet and I exercise and I lose weight and my cholesterol comes down into normal levels, you're suggesting that that is still not addressing the root of the problem. That's still not addressing the root of the problem. So what would be an example of the root of that problem? The root of that problem does not have its foundation in the substance, meaning the food that you eat. Uh -huh. The root of that problem has to do with the motivation of why you eat the thing that you eat. Right. So the root of the problem is not just in what you do, but the root of the problem lies deeper than that in why you do what you do. Okay. So I just want, I mean, I, I, we're trying to make this concrete and, and, and following along with this analogy. Are you saying that you're not content with someone just temporarily changing their diet to address their cholesterol? You're wanting them to embrace a lifestyle that controls it, and it's that kind of the difference that you're getting at here? Right, and that has to be a change of one's thinking, or some people call it a change of heart. Okay, okay. So as long as I'm reluctantly taking the oat bran and avoiding the red meat, you would say on a certain level I'm not fully healed because I'm kind of grumbling about this miserable existence even though my cholesterol is better. Right. And from another standpoint, you would call that individual a dry drunk. Hmm. It's an individual who was uh, an alcoholic and had been consuming the alcohol, and they maybe through an AA program or some other thing, they have stopped, but they are what we are called now white-knuckling it, right? Hmm. They, they may not have used for a while, uh -huh. but they really have that underlying desire, and they're just trying to fight off that desire. Hmm. But that's not real freedom. Okay. Real freedom comes when that underlying desire is changed for a greater desire or a greater passion that is not compatible with the same use of the alcohol. Now, now this may sound all very theoretical, but what I've heard, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Sandoval, is that you've been not only looking at this issue and sharing it with patient groups that have come to UG Pines, but you've actually been traveling around the country. You do whole seminars on this. Correct. And uh, it's been attracting some very, um, very serious interest from some very high-powered people. Now, I think most of our listeners know the name of Dr. Ben Carson. I even was told, you can tell me whether this is true or not, he actually came to one of your presentations. Correct. So, uh, I mean, so you're doing something that... Uh, I mean, it could have been a coincidence, but but the point is, it sounds like you're doing something that's getting people's interest, and you've got mine, and we don't have a lot of time. So is there a way to distill this, or is, is this just a, a reason why I'm supposed to go through the program at UG Pines myself? Well, I usually do spend about six to eight hours of of lecture time during a session unraveling this. Oh, really? Six to eight hours? Boy, I'm looking at the clock here. I mean, we don't have anything close. I mean, we don't even have six to eight minutes, Mark. <laughs> but the basic thing underlying it is that individuals make decisions based upon gain and loss. Okay. And we always choose yes to gain 
and we always choose no to loss. But it's not just that simple because we weigh various different gains versus various different mm -hmm. losses. And when we consider an action or a behavior, we participate in that action or behavior as long as we believe that the, that the accumulative effect of that behavior is a gain for uh -huh, me right uh -huh, now. Uh -huh. And if we believe that it's going to be a loss, we're not going to choose it. Okay. But if we believe it is a gain, then we will choose it. And the basis of what we believe is a gain and a loss is our treasure. Hmm. In the Bible, it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh -huh. And so it's in the heart of an individual where that treasure lies. And depending upon what the treasure is, the decisions will be made. Hmm. And so when we understand that treasure, when we understand the system of gains and losses that we go, that we utilize, we can understand why we make the decisions that we do. Mm -hmm. And then there is a process of helping an individual to see a different treasure hmm. and to obtain a different treasure that is based upon different, what should I say, different principles or different understanding. And with a different treasure, an individual will make different choices because they see the gain in doing this, mm -hmm. and they see mm -hmm. the loss in the things that they had been participating in previously that they thought was a gain. And so part of that process is getting down to that foundational level to help individuals change their treasure, which will then change their choices. Wow. Well, believe it or not, uh, as is always the case on American Indian living, it seems like the clock wins. But Mark, is there anywhere that You've written this, or there's resources about this, or is this a future project yet for you? This is a future project still. Okay. So for right now, if I want to take advantage of this, I, I've really got to come to Uchi Pines. That's right. And I'm already here, but you got me so busy lecturing, and I'm doing radio shows, it doesn't look like it's going to happen on this trip. How does someone get more information, though, about what you've got to offer here in general? Give us that contact information once more. 1-800-UCHI-PINES or www u-c-h-e-e-p-i-n-e-s dot o-r-g that's www.uchipines.org so again the toll free number 877 u-c-h-e-e p-i-n-e-s and the website is just the same spelling uchipines.org and that's the same place where I can get those counseling sheets correct Dr. Mark Sandoval, it's been great uh, seeing through your eyes, hearing about some more of the success stories at Uchi Pines Institute. Hopefully today's show has inspired you, that you've gained some insights, things that you can do differently to make a difference in your own health, and some areas to explore. Because at the end of, uh, at the, end of the story, it all has to do with our perspective, with our foundations, as Dr. Sandoval put it, our treasure. For all of us at American Indian Living, I'm Dr. David DeRose, as always, wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.